there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. Ryan. Hey guys, welcome back to Loring, our folklore podcast, where we tell you the history and stories of different legends from around the world. And we'll get right into this by asking Ryan, what did you find alluring this week? <laughs> I had a very, very alluring week. Um, <laughs> we talked about it in the past about my nephew who was on the way but said nephew has arrived and I'm now an Yay! uncle and he's adorable he <laughs> is a cutie I yeah. love him <laughs> he he's honestly like newborns are kind of ugly and I, I might be biased because like, it's my nephew but like I think he's pretty cute um I, I had sent Kimmy a picture he's got he's got um wide receiver hands they are insanely large like like if you're watching the video like this is a normal hand his look like his look like this like, like just this in yeah face. yeah they cover the whole face like it's wild uh but no very excited um we determined uh sagittarius i believe you said yep um so he's gonna be a, a little wild boy oh i can't wait sagittarius are just like beautiful chaos but yeah. i'm speaking from a completely biased standpoint because i've never met a sagittarius i didn't like yeah. <laughs> i am um, i'm going to exclusively buy him noise making toys for the next 18 <laughs> years um, is the plan <laughs> so so um if my sister's watching this uh i'm not sorry <laughs> you gotta do what's it called the recorder yeah I, I'm I thinking would... a drum set for like the third Perfect. birthday, like a, one of the children's drum sets, you know? Perfect. I yeah. always joke with my brother. I was like, listen, if you ever cross the line with me, I'm just going to give your kids musical instruments that sound yeah. absolutely terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got a bunch of these new at work. We got a bunch of these toys where you like pull them apart and they go like, boop. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go a whole bunch of those. They're so loud. Oh my goodness! That's yeah. that's the best part of being um, an aunt or uncle is that you get to still bother your siblings, exactly. but also 
bribe your like nieces mm-hmm. and nephews, which is just yeah. beautiful chaos all wrapped into yeah. one. <laughs> you get to have you get to have all the fun for sure. Best of both worlds. So uh, best of both yeah. worlds. Exactly. What did what did you find alluring this week? Um, well it finally snowed. <laughs> so Ooh. I grew up in um you good old UT, Utah. That sounded like an S T D for some reason. Utah. <laughs> I grew up <laughs> pretty much. But um I grew up here a good chunk of my life and it's weird because like it's always been super snowy from the month of October to March. And it's yeah. just felt like for the longest time, it just kind of felt like the end of summer falls about to start weather like we had no snow on the ground or anything and literally the last two days mother nature was like have you forgotten about me bitch (laughs) and has just dropped snow on us and it's nice because it's magical but god no one can drive (laughs) and i'm not driving in my car because absolutely not (laughs) that's not happening (laughs) Yeah, I won't say I, what I, car I have, but you could probably <laughs> figure it out from my personal aesthetic. <laughs> I um I used to go up to Sundance every year up in Park City in like January. Yeah, it's usually late January. And I mean I, I've lived in the desert my whole life, so I have absolutely no idea how to drive in snow and going up there. I'm just like, <laughs> Good luck everyone else. Here we go. <laughs> like, you're like I hope you're praying tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean I, I hope... have I have a Subaru, so it, it does pretty well in the snow, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I can actually drive pretty decent, but it's not me. It's like people going the speed limit on the highway. I was like, yeah. you go ten under, yeah. you dumbass. Yeah, like at least ten under. Oh I'm going twenty five all the way. I am too. I was <laughs> like, you can pass me. This is my life. I'm gonna get there when I get there. I am a wizard. I arrive mm-hmm. precisely when I need to arrive, and I watch out for stuff. Hey, speaking of watching out. (laughs) You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm going to tell you why. Because this week's folklore is coming to town. Cue campfire sounds. (laughs) I'm so glad we were able to retcon that in there. Always. beautiful. I I can always figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Give us your cold opening. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. What's a kerchief? Went out on the lawn. I'll Google it. Yeah. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away from the, to the window, I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. 
when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick I knew in a moment it must be Saint Nick more rapid than an eagle his coursers they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name now Dasher now Dancer now Prancer now Vixen on Comet on Cupid on Donner and Blitzen hey Kimmy what are we talking about Oh, well, before we get into that, uh, oh, yeah. a, a, cur- a kerchief, however you said that, it's like a weird, like, headband thing you'll put on your head, like, okay. you saw it a lot in the 90s, like, as okay. women were doing home renovation stuff. Oh. Oh, like on the, like, um, what's the poster with, like, the woman flexing the little headband? Oh, yeah. The We Can that Do thing? It posters? That's yeah, exactly yeah. what that is. All right. Well, now you know, folks. Thanks for watching, Lori. I'll That's... catch you next week. <laughs> Bye. No. <laughs> That's all our history. <laughs> well, we're let's here get... to talk about the the kerchief. The kerchief. That is today's episode. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, the holiday season is here, and a season of joy, a season of cheer. I may have gone a little rhymey over here. But have you ever wondered why we associate the long, cold winter nights with the feeling of joy or where the holiday spirit comes from? Well, there is a folklore figure that many still admire and is known to be the embodiment of the joyful holiday season. This week is going to be part two of our naughty and nice holiday special. And what better way to finish off than one of with one of the nicest figures of the holiday season. This week, we are going to be discussing good old Saint Nick. This creature, oh wow, that's from last week's notes and I didn't write over it, but pretty much he is known a lot throughout history all around the world. So I'll get more into it with the history segment because I forgot to take out a sentence and messed up my notes, but that is okay because it's a holiday special and we will focus on that. Special. Holiday <laughs> special! <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, okay, let's let's see what's up in our little beautiful slideshow that's going on here. And just so everyone knows. We're going to talk more about this in our announcement part at the end, but you guys can watch this on YouTube now because... It's completely free. It's completely free. And the Krampus one, which we didn't bring up at the time, but we realized we are going to bring up now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is also free to watch. So you can start watching our episodes. And subscribe to our YouTube channel by going to alori.com. But we'll talk more about it later. <laughs> the good news is if you didn't know Krampus was on YouTube, you get to watch us for like two hours straight when this episode comes out. So that's pretty sick. That's um, We really missed an opportunity to rhyme this entire episode. And oh I mean, it's too God. late now. It's too but, <laughs> but I'm a little disappointed in us. Um, <laughs> Alright, well... You know who I'm not disappointed in is um, the first story we have. It's not really a story. It's more just a really cool fact. Uh, This is how Coca-Cola saved Christmas. Um, So the year is 1931, 
the company began placing Coca-Cola ads in popular magazine. Uh, Archie Lee, the Dar from Darcy Advertising Agency, working with the Coca-Cola company, wanted the campaign to show a wholesome Santa who was both realistic and symbolic. So Coca-Cola commissioned Mich Michigan-born illustrator Hayden Sundblom to develop advertising images using Santa Claus, showing Santa himself, not a man dressed as Santa. That's the key. Oh, okay. For inspiration, Sunbloom turned the Clement Clarksmore 1822 poem, A Visit from St. Nick, also known the night before Christmas, which is, you heard an excerpt of it, uh, and in the poem, Moore's description of St. Nick led to an image of a warm, friendly, pleasant, plump, and human Santa. And even though it's often said that Santa wears red coats because the red is the color of Coca-Cola, Santa appeared as red before the painting. So Coke um, doesn't get all the credit. So, your branding's on point, but not that yeah, on point. They just got lucky. <laughs> So Sunbloom Santa debuted in the 1931 Coke ad in the Saturday Evening Post and regular and appeared regularly in that magazine, as well as in Ladies Home Journal, National Geographic, The New Yorker, and a whole bunch more. So from 1931 to 1964, Coca-Cola advertising showed Santa delivering toys, playing with them, pausing to read a letter, and enjoying a Coke. So they, <laughs> they went all in on this Santa figure. Um, and also raiding people's homes to take coke instead of cookies, which was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, mm -mm, I need the I need the hard stuff because coke was crazy at that time, wasn't it? No, yeah, oh, yeah. that <laughs> coke yeah. had some non-approved things in those bottles. And they had some coke in their coke. <laughs> they had some coke um, in their coke. Yeah. That's why Santa was all about it. He was like, oh yeah. <laughs> So the original oil painting, which you'll see in the next slide, um, was adapted for magazines, store billboards, posters, calendars, plush dolls, and you see it all over the place today still. The final version of the Santa Claus was in 1964, and essentially that's the Santa we know and love now. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I lied about the next slide. The slide's already up. It's right there. Um, That's the slide. This is the Saint Nick we know and love now. This is this is actually kind of cool. This is like his original sketch, so you can see how he like shaped it to be like, this is the poster, this is the magazine, like this is the billboard. Like okay. you can see like his different like iterations of it. Uh, this is the 1964 version. Oh, he looks so jolly. I actually, I'll wait till we get to it. Never mind. Ignore yeah. what I'm saying now. Secret, secret. Yeah. But from there, um, now that we know about the Americanized jolly old Saint Nick, let's uh, let's cover some real fun Christmas traditions around the world uh, as a quick break from the Santa Claus, because I found some really fun ones. Um, and I can't they look get, at the note <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> yeah, sorry. They get they get um, what I believe is progressively weirder um <laughs> so that being said <laughs> so so in okay. finland 
They have a tradition of I'm gonna butcher this. Um, Jule sauna, I believe. Julo sauna, or Christmas sauna. And this one dates back centuries in Finland. Families gather on Christmas Eve to purify themselves by sweating it out with their family in a nice little sauna. Mm. Um, they make it nice and cozy with scented oils, lanterns, fresh towels, and even leave Christmas treats for the sauna elves. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a whole episode of. Yeah, sauna. Probably. So, in France, which this Wait, one's awesome. Sorry, I'm I'm not going to just let you walk by the fact that you have to be sweaty with your family. Yeah, <laughs> like well, you're sweating family. out all of the like bad things from okay. the year, so that you like are fresh on Christmas. Uh... Like, so you out with all the bad, and then in with the Christmas spirit. Oh, okay, okay, I get that now yeah. because. I've yeah. been in a sauna like three times in my life, and every time I've passed out. So. <laughs> oh. You probably wouldn't enjoy it. Well, and the fun thing about the saunas, like in Finland, um, at least from the ones I saw, is they're always like outside. Like you can see in this okay. picture. So the sauna itself is like hot, but then you leave and you're in the snow. So you gotta you gotta rush back home afterwards, or else you're in trouble. <laughs> it's like. I don't know how many people will relate to this one. This one may be a little bit more obscure, but living in apartments growing up, it was like when you would go in the pool and then the hot tub and then the pool exactly. and then the hot tub. Yeah, you get that 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 burn from jumping <laughs> from the pool to the hot tub. <laughs> okay, what's, what's, the ne- what's the next All right. tradition? So in France, this is pretty freaking awesome. They put out 13 Christmas desserts. So, this is specific to province France. So, 13 desserts may seem like a decadent and flamboyant feast, but to the people of province, it's a tradition that has stood the test of time. First mentioned in a print around 100 years ago, it's a Christmas custom loved by all. So, each Christmas Eve, after the Christmas Mass, three tablecloths to to represent the Holy Trinity are laid out, with 13 desserts. Everyone is expected to try a little of each dessert, but in true French style, the offerings are small and delicate. So it's not like giant cakes. It's like wee little, you know. Wee little what do they call Christmas them? O- treats. Oh, yeah, hors d'oeuvres. Um, so the 13 desserts aren't, there's no like strict rule for it, but usually it's uh, dried or candied fruit, fresh fruit, uh, biscuits, nougats, caramelized nuts um and then a yule log cake which from reading that just seems like a spiced cake that's like rolled in cream oh yeah i yeah i actually love making yule log cakes so i can't have chocolate (laughs) my body's like you can't have that i was like are you sure and it's like you want to test it and anyway so i make like a i like to do a vanilla one and I do like an orange citrus cream in the middle. It's so it's hard. Sounds good. Rolling cakes is so hard, but like I'll yeah, do that. Yeah, it's not meant to be rolled. <laughs> I do that <laughs> orange one, and I do like an apple. But like you have to like take it out of the oven, and then you have to let it cool enough, and then you have to put it on like a like one of those thin washcloths, and then you have to yeah. roll it a little bit, but it can't be too hot. It can't be too cold. 
and you gotta like pre-roll it before you put the frosting. It's just like a, it's a process, but they're so cute when Sounds they're done. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> oh, I freaking love it. It's, oh, anyway, this, this makes me want to make a Yule cake. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so with, so the tradition of this is the treats must stay out for three whole days. Um, and then if they're not eaten at that point, they can be packed away, which they usually don't last three days. Yeah. But again, the whole Holy Trinity thing is pretty strong in the uh, in the theme. Oh, um, that's cute! I love that. That's yeah. delightful. So now we're starting to get a little weird. Um, so this one is leave wine out for La Befana, or Befana. Not quite sure how to say it. This comes from Italy. Okay. So, a Christmas legend in Italy that dates back to medieval times is that of Le Bofana, an old witch-like woman who was invited by the three wise men to join them in visiting baby Jesus. Excuse mm -hmm. me? Yeah. How have I never heard about a witch in the birth of the Turns baby? Turns out, yeah. So the story goes that La Bofana declined at first as she had too much housework to do. She later changed her mind and went looking for them with her broom. <laughs> I've never related so much to a character. Like, I don't got time for Jesus. I gotta clean this floor. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I love her. <laughs> so yeah, later she changed her mind and went looking for the wise men with her broom and basket of homemade goods for Mary, who she thought might prefer a clean floor and some food to the other gifts that she received, you know, like myrrh and frankincense. This woman just um, had a child and someone's like, here's a gold. I'd be like, yeah. can you here's get me myrrh. some Tylenol? <laughs> yeah. Here's incense. Like, thanks. It doesn't smell so bad now. Um, unfortunately, she was not able to find them, which is why you may not have heard of her. Oh, okay. Um, but she ran so fast that she took off into the sky with her broom. Um, so <laughs> every night on the 5th of January, the eve of the Epiphany, La Bafana visits all of the homes in Italy in search of the three wise men and baby Jesus, <laughs> bearing caramel or sweets, which she leaves for the good children, and coal for the naughty ones. So she's kind of a second Santa. I love her. But here's the good part. So here, you know, you put out milk and cookies for Santa. La Bifana, she doesn't want that. Uh, children leave out a glass of wine and a plate of sausage and broccoli for her. <laughs> I love broccoli, too. This is amazing. Was this the... Another wine, wine, sausage, and broccoli at every house she stops at in Italy. That's a lot. Man. That's a good night. That would be yeah. That would be great. I would ask for some ranch though, but oh my god, I love her. Yeah, and that's that's a picture of her down at the left there. Look at her. Um, oh my god. And now for my absolute favorite. From Catalonia, Spain, we have the pooping log. Oh, so God. the okay. region of Catalonia is home to some bizarre but fun traditions. The least, and not the least of which, is Tio de Nadal or Caga Tio, which is essentially a smiley-faced wooden log wearing a hat, 
as is seen pictured on the screen. Um, so every year, uh, Tio de Nadal logs make their journey from the forest and arrive at the homes of excited children across Catalonia on the 8th of December. The kids are told they must take care of their log in all the days leading up to Christmas, so they cover it with blankets and feed them every night with bread and orange peels. So they gotta take care of this log like it's their child. Um, <laughs> on Christmas Day, the children gather... <laughs> They gather around to hit the log with sticks and sing songs encouraging him to poop. I'm done. That's it. That's enough folklore today. I can't. They, they want him and what he poops is nougat. So there's like stop. chocolates in there. Fucking stop. So the gifts the Tia leaves are usually small. As traditionally families across the whole of Spain do their gift giving on the 6th of January. <laughs> So it's more just little treats, little candies, little... And I, I believe, from what I read, the parents, like, stick it up in there, and then the kids come and, like, beat it out. <laughs> and it's just the funniest thing. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. even... I don't even know, like, where to start with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's purely... It's a lot to take in. That's parents just having a great fucking Yeah. Time. Honestly. I don't... Okay, I just there's nothing I like about that. If we're going, to... <laughs> there's I can't find I don't I can't have chocolate, so obviously that yeah. Well, it, there doesn't have to be chocolate in there. There's a lot of stuff. Right. Well, the chocolate is related to the poop, and there's not a lot of candies I like. That yeah, that's fair. Yeah, with that's fair. Feces, you know it's. And the other thing is they're beating their child they just took care of. You're having yeah. your kid care. Yeah. Well, you're trying to get it to poop out the candy. <laughs> There's a I don't lot. know what's not clicking here. I know. It all seems pretty straightforward. You feed them orange and chocolate comes yeah. out. And <laughs> you have to beat the shit out of them, literally, yeah. though, to let it happen. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back to thinking about... Sweet old little La, how do you say, Bethana? Be I think it's Bethina, but Bethina. I'm not Italian. Well, so. Bethina. Bethina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. You do Sing the hand thing. Sweet Bethina. <laughs> All righty, everyone. Well, well, before we learn about the real Santa Claus, um, <laughs> now that you heard about everything else except Santa, uh, but first, we got a little commercial break. Let's tune into those sponsors. Picture this. You're driving down Nevada's famous extraterrestrial highway when you suddenly see a UFO glide across the sky. And then BAM! Inspiration for a design that is out of this world hits you. So you pull over, pull out your sketchbook, and create a work of art. Now, while admiring your creation, it hits you that you could sell this online. But how, or where do you even start? Well, that's where Printful comes in. Printful is a print-on-demand site with high-quality products, and it's the perfect way to start an online shop. It's super easy to use, and they help you every step of the way. All you have to do is upload your amazing artwork, or even use some of the pre-made designs they have, add it to the products you want, and then add it to your shop. Plus, they provide tons of different high-quality print-on-demand products and ship worldwide. 
Printful also has ready-made integrations that allow you to connect your Printful to your own store in just a few clicks. They are integrated with the world's top e-commerce platforms, which means you probably already have everything you need to set it up. For the podcast, we use a WordPress site that is hosted through Bluehost, and I was honestly so surprised because it just took a few clicks to install, and then the shop was live on our site in minutes. I wasn't shuffling through code for hours, and Printful provided a step-by-step guide on their website to help get everything set up. So that means you get more time to work on your alien-inspired artwork and less time stressing over setting up for an online shop. So what are you waiting for? Join Printful today by going to printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner. Again, that's printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner and start your online shop today. You, you bring it back now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is me bringing it back. I'm here to bring it back from those commercials that you guys listen to. Wow. We hope you like them. We may be shaking them up a little bit in January as a hint to what is coming, but we are pretty hyped about it. But I have a little thing for you. And for some reason, I was waiting for Ryan because... Ryan's the poem man, but I have a poem today. So, who is Saint Nick? So, to explain who he is and his personality and his appearance, here is a delightful poem from The Nightmare Before Christmas describing old Saint Nick. So, I wish I could do like a more like whimsical voice. I can do Aquaria, but that's not even whimsical. Okay, I will do my best. I hope you guys all feel a little cringy after this. That means I've done my job right, okay? Love it. D- down the chimney, St. Nicholas came aboard. <laughs> he was dressed all in fire from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ash and soot. A bundle of dark. <laughs> Ryan... You're doing great. Keep it up. Keep it up. Okay. You got it. You're doing oh, okay. Ryan awesome. laughing doesn't help me. I'm just going to cover your face. Okay. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back. He looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His drool little mouth was drawn like a bow. And the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth. The, the snow it, it circulated his head like a reef. He had a broad face with a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump and a right jolly old elf. And that is the poem of old St. Nicholas himself. <laughs> that was really good. d d comes in handy with learning different character voices. I tried to make yeah. her more chipper and less screechy <laughs> yeah yeah less screechy because <laughs> i had a bard that that was her voice but it was more screechy oh, no. to be ironic okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's what he looks like i hope you guys enjoyed that yeah. he'll be getting yeah. more of that great stuff 
for reference, that section of the poem was what the Coca-Cola guy from earlier in the episode used when creating this beautiful masterpiece. And you know the best part about all of this is everyone that is looking at our video right now too, I didn't know Ryan was going to even talk about Coca-Cola and old Santa Claus. And here's a picture of Coke Santa so and that's the 1940s iteration we got up mm-hmm. on the screen right there. Yeah, he's just so cute and jolly with his rosy little cheeks. Yeah. So, I'll get into the history now. You guys don't have to hear that voice again for a minute, I don't think. So, <laughs> so it all started in the late 3rd century, around 280 AD, when a Greek man by the name of Nicholas of Bari was born. Nicholas later became St. Nicholas of Myra in a small Roman town in modern Turkey and was known to be a true saint. So this is where Santa comes from, is actually the saint. So St. Nicholas was described as stubborn, fiery, and a loyal defender of the church's doctrine during the great persecution in 303. So little history side for that. This is when the Bibles were burned and priests were forced to renounce Christianity or be executed. Um, So I won't get too much into it, but he defied it and he stayed loyal to his faith, which resulted in him spending years in prison before the Roman Emperor Constantine ended Christian prosecution in 313 with the Edict of Milan. All of those words today. Ah, hell yeah. So, during his life, Nicholas was known for his kindness and willing to help others. Traveling the countryside, he gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled to help whoever he could. From orphans, to prisoners, to my favorite, sailors. Um, Even after his death, on December 6, around 343... His fame lived on because of the miracles he performed during his life and how kind he was to everyone. So this allowed Nicholas to rise to the status of saint because he was a patron of so many groups and everyone knew of the good he performed in his life. So he also became known as a patron of the children's and a gift giver by the 1200s due to all the famous stories of miracles he had performed. The most famous story is the one from A Life of Prostitution. So Bishop Nicholas secretly delivered three bags of gold to the to these girls' indebted father, which could be used for like their fees and stuff, and freed these girls from being prostitutes. So like that's the biggest story. Which Kudos, like dad sucks, but everyone else in, in the story is really sweet. Yeah, and then he's a cool guy. Yeah, no, he's fucking amazing. Like I, I was like reading his stuff, and I was just like, holy shit, man! Like way to commit to just being a completely like decent human being that just does so much for people. And then <laughs> there is another legend that isn't as popular. But it is still important to discuss because it gives you an idea of just how kind he was in life. Because, like, a lot of history says, like, he was stubborn and fiery and 
he was a very hard-headed personality, but he was only like that when people like discredited his belief system. He was very kind to children. Like, not creepy kind, like, actual, genuinely kind. So, (laughs) one day, Nicholas entered an inn whose innkeeper had just murdered three boys and pickled their dismembered bodies in the basement barrels. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't try and continue on. What? (laughs) I try to always sandwich it in my paragraph so I can just keep going. So, innkeeper performed murder on three boys and pickled their dismembered bodies in basement barrels. How does this have to do with Christmas? Uh, I get getting there it's this all relates to christmas and saint nick so the bishop Uh not only so saint nick not only sensed the crime but resurrected the victims as well so this is one of the many ways he's a patron of the saints and Again. Patron, not Patreon. Patron. Uh, patron. <laughs> Patreon Thank you. Patreon is where you pa- can pay us. Pa- <laughs> patron. <laughs> yes. We're patron. leaving it. <laughs> patron. I know. Just, I've just accepted you won't edit my stuff out. And I've, I found peace in myself with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But that's more of like a little tall tale, they say. Because like... Yeah understandable right we're talking resurrection pickling of children yeah disembodied he not only brought them back to life but he unpickled them yes so reverse pickling reverse pickling (laughs) and they were dismembered so he put them back together and brought them back to life okay yeah saint sainthood achieved i'll give it to him there you go uh jesus could be considered a zombie too so like it's it makes sense it works, it works, I guess. I don't know. Gotta have the right holy water to do the combining yeah. of the body parts. Oh. I don't know. That's, that's so the truth. Holy tr- water turns pickling, reverses the pickling process. What's that game? Right. Okay, you know the... I want to say it's like you're in the spooky like house with the... Wow, that's really descriptive. I think it's from Resident Evil, and it's the family in the cabin... And like, uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I can't remember. But whoever knows that game, that's like the liquid used to help like put your leg back to your body at the beginning. Oh. <laughs> it's actually just really nice holy water. <laughs> yeah. It's like pre pre blessed, been in the wine cooler for a few hundred years. That's how you yeah. do it. <laughs> so, back to Saint Nicholas. So he was known as kind nature and also as a bringer of gifts and toast of celebration centered around feasts on the day December 6th. So, and he was known for this for over 100 years. So, between 1,200 and 1,500. And during the time, the saints started to take an aspects of different European deities, such as Norse Odin and Roman Saturn, who appeared as a white-bearded man with magical powers and the ability to fly. So, parents also used this figure to ensure that their kids would pray at night and be on their best behavior so Saint Nick could bring them gifts. <laughs> I was watching. But, during the 15th... 
Because he can sense the crime. Because he can sense the crime. I, okay. So now, he's not watching, like, in your bushes. He can yeah, sense he can when sense you've done it. bad. Okay, I see how the pickled children come into play here now. <laughs> it's all making sense. It's all connecting. Mm-hmm. Pickled children, children being pickled and resurrected? Santa Claus. That's it. That's the whole spectrum. Yeah, that's, we did that same meme. <laughs> <laughs> that's the meme, right? That's the meme. Uh, but <laughs> during the 15th to 16th century, a religious movement known as the Protestant Reformation attempted to reform the Roman Catholic Church and the creation of the Protestant Church. This resulted in the saints like Nicholas falling out of favor to most of Northern Europe. But without St. Nicholas, who would give their children gifts? Who would encourage them to pray? Who would make sure they are on their best behavior all year long? Ryan, who do you think the Christians would want to take the place of St. Nicholas? Don't read the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, I already did. Um, but... I before I say what it is, I'd like to point out this may in fact be the first time that the Catholics had something changed about that. Usually, at this point in the episode, fireworks pop up. We say like the Catholics did it. This the time, Catholics did it. Yeah, this time we're mixed around. Um, but so here's my wild guess: Is it baby Jesus? <laughs> it's baby Jesus. <laughs> What? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up. Oh because my. I <laughs> can't get over this. <laughs> you will notice our slides have some lovely pictures of Jesus. Baby Jesus and being holed by Satan. <laughs> so we're talking specific, not full grown Jesus. Baby Jesus. Specifically baby Jesus. Okay. Ricky Bobby would be proud. <laughs> so... Picture baby Jesus on the shoulders of St. Nick this whole time. Okay. I love it. So the responsibility of gift giving was handed over to baby Jesus and moved to December 25th instead of on December 6th. But, hmm, a baby can't even hold up its head, let alone lock around a bag of gifts to give all the good children. Well, the church had a simple solution. They gave him a scary dramatic, lore-inspired helper to wander with him to do his job. His helper would carry around the gifts, give them to children, and threaten a kid that baby Jesus doesn't seem appropriate or pure of heart. So if baby Jesus senses you're a little shit, he's sicking his dramatic gift-giver helper on your ass. (laughs) So... These scary figures were dramatic lore based on St. Nicholas, who were no longer a saint, such as, I want to say this, Rod, Ruklaus, which is Rough Claus, Askinder Claus, Ashy Claus, and Pelsnikul, which is Furry Nicholas. So these lore figures expected good behavior or forced children to suffer consequences like whipping or kidnapping. 
Is Pelsnickel the same as Belschnickel from... Um, oh my god! Like joke about it in the office. It sounds exactly the yep. same because he wears like a fur coat and beats people with sticks. Yep, that's where it comes same from. Same guy. Same oh, guy. <laughs> Every oh everything's connecting in this episode mm -hmm. <laughs> to every pop culture <laughs> show ever. Yeah, it's all making sense. Turns out <laughs> this Christmas is a pretty popular theme. The holidays. The holidays. But I just, like, love this idea of a baby judging you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, outside of the conversation of whether or not, like, the religious aspect of Jesus. So, there's, in this reality, there's a Jesus who never aged and just stayed a baby. <laughs> 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 just every year just showed up with gifts. And, I didn't even think and, about that. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, for years they had We're talking every... multiple timeline Jesus is here, people. This is <laughs> this is getting really deep. <laughs> How deep can you get in the Catholic religion? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you see the timelines for the Zelda games and it's just like mm -hmm. a, a whole clusterfuck. Yeah. That's what is happening right now. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, I, the thought of being judged by baby Jesus is just the funniest thing. Like, does he burp when he doesn't like you? Does he, like, do that angry eyebrow thing? <laughs> <laughs> just points and toots. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, I freaking love it. So, even though baby Jesus became the gift giver in Europe, Places like the Netherlands refused to give up on the idea of St. Nicholas as the gift bringer. Plus, a baby giving gifts just seems absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so, when the New World colonized, they brought along Snitterclaus, uh, aka Santa Claus, a legend of a shaggy and scary dramatic gift bringer. It seemed for a while that St. Nick was the dark, dramatic creature that would give gifts to the good and punish those who were bad. But it wasn't until a few writers and poets changed the vision of St. Nicholas forever. So, this is all happening. This next part, the American lore we know today, is all kind of happening, I think, with the time of the St. Nicholas through Coca-Cola, which is really interesting. So, everyone's okay. just, like, trying to get a say in what this jolly bastard looks like. So, during the early decades of the 19th century, poets, writers, and artists wanted to make Christmas a more family celebration and thought, what better way to do this than creating a joyful saint? So, around the 1800s, writers would refer to him as Chris Kingle. <sighs> Sorry, you guys. That was a rough sentence. Let me try that again. Around the 18 1800s, writers would refer to him as Chris Kringle from the Chris kind. And later, Dutch settlers in the USA took over these stories, and Chris Kringle, St. Nick, became Snitterclaus, or as we say today, Santa Claus. I probably said that right, wrong, but it's fine. You guys completely oh, you get it. That's yeah. what you're here for, is <laughs> me trying my best. <laughs> So these stories told of Santa Claus soaring from the rooftops in a flying wagon and bringing gifts to the good boys and girls. Any child that was bad would receive a not-so-pleasant gift, which we now know as coal. 
They had also taken the sword stork figure, made him more magical, and stripped him of any religious characteristics. Even though they had his personality down, they didn't quite have his looks down until the 19th century. So this is when Coke comes into play specifically. So it wasn't until the late 19th century that the image of Santa Claus became standardized as a full-sized doll dressed in red and white fur trim. This chubby, chubby, grandfatherly face of this Santa was largely created by Thomas Nast, the great political cartoonist of the time. At the time, Santa even became known for living in the North Pole and delivering gifts in a reindeer sleigh. Once this version was established, it quickly became adopted by other countries and replaced the scarier gift givers known in Europe, like Père Noël and in Great Britain, Father Christmas. So that's just to name a few. And if you click on the next image, this is the classic, like what kind of started it all. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, he said like the 19... Yeah, so... The guy, the Coca-Cola guy, it was in 1931, but it did mention that he drew his, like, color. So, this version of Santa Claus is very, like, stoic and, like, not, like, super jolly, you know? Mm-hmm. So, the biggest change that from this one, which, what, this is 1881 to the 1930s, is he became... A jolly man in a red suit instead oh. of like this like stern guy with a pipe you know oh okay so that's how it all connects in the timeline that's so cool mm-hmm. yeah sometimes I miss stuff in research but I love that you, okay. you found that cuz <laughs> oh that's so cool anyway so that's what he looks like and though even though Santa was a much more delightful take on the spooky Germanic gift giver, a few people decided that they weren't for the big jolly man. One of those people was, you would never guess, Stalin. Oh, I was gonna say the Catholic Church. The Catholic <laughs> I Church! Expect, I did not expect Stalin to come into this, okay. Pull the wool over your eye. I know, I normally yeah. lead it up for the Catholic Church. It was Stalin! Yeah. This yeah, time. Wow. <laughs> so, Plot twist. <laughs> what what's an episode if we don't talk about capitalism and communists? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing, right? So in Russia, when the Soviet Union was formed, Stalin decided he wanted to get rid of Christmas figures along with the celebration. He wanted to kind of be a Scrooge. And he was determined to do so. So at the time, the communists abolished the celebration of Christmas altogether. So no more gifts, no more feasts, just long, cold winter nights. But this started to take a toll on the locals. And in 1930, Stalin needed to build support. Because if you take away something very festive, people aren't really going to want to support you. So Stalin decided... What better way to do this than with some good old bribery? So he allowed the reemergence of Grandfather Frost. And to make sure Grandfather Frost wouldn't be confused with St. Nick, Mr. Frost wore a blue suit and would give out gifts on New Year's instead of on Christmas. So after World War II, the Soviets did what they could to spread the legend of Grandfather Frost and replace it with anyone's local gift givers but 
you can't stop the spirit of Christmas. And even though Stalin pushed for this new gift figure, locals hid out until the Soviet Union collapsed in 18, no, 1989. That's when it collapsed and returned to their traditions. The Americans then did as the Soviets and started to spread their version of St. Nick, which soon became a symbol of America's generosity in helping rebuild war-ravaged lands. At the time. We may not be like that anymore. <laughs> Just want to make it clear where I stand with that. Okay. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> That's a whole different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, in closing... To this day, Santa is known around the world, and the legend of the Jolly Man has made a positive impression as he reminds us of the importance and meaning of the holiday season. And I think there's just one more delightful little image of old St. Nick. Oh, that's for your topic. That's you. Oh, no. That's oh, you. no. It's your turn. All right. It's your turn. Get it together. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're already buckled in your seats for the unveiling of uh, baby Jesus giving gifts. I'm going to need you to get inside, batten down the hatches, get into your bunker, because this is Hot Takes with Ryan. <laughs> is that the segment name? <laughs> that, that's, that's what it is this week. So I have, I have a bone to pick. Um, so before we end... I would like to address the elephant in the room, that elephant being Tim Allen's 1994 Christmas hit, The Santa Claus. Um, here's a quick breakdown. On Christmas Eve, Tim Allen, who will now be known as Scott, burns a turkey. So him and his son Charlie go to Denny's for dinner. That night, they're awakened by a noise on the roof, and Scott goes outside to check, startles a man on his roof, who slips and falls to the ground and dies. The dead man then vanishes, leaving behind a red suit and a business card stating that anyone responsible for anything that happens to Santa Claus must put on the suit and continue where Santa left off. So instead of calling the authorities, you know, because someone just fell off his roof, he puts the jacket on. Um, <laughs> later, <laughs> he learns that putting on that red suit made him subject to a legal technicality known as the Santa Claus and he must accept Santa's duties and responsibilities given only a year to get his affairs in order before he has to go to the North Pole to be Santa forever. Um, that's the most morbid thing I've ever heard and in this universe implies that to become Santa you must kill Santa. Um... <laughs> Not only that, but if you kill Santa, you have to abandon your family and move to the North Pole. Oh my god, I didn't even... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that movie came out, and then Tim Allen had the absolute audacity <laughs> to create a second Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus 2. So this is ten years in the future... He's been Santa Claus now, but he finds out he has to get married to a Mrs. Claus, or else, you know, you can't be a Santa Claus without a Mrs. Claus. Um, but then it also shows that over these 10 years, he essentially abandoned his child. Yeah! He was, like, vandalizing his school, 
telling everyone Santa's fake because he's not allowed. Because his kid has to live with the knowledge of my father is Santa Claus. I can't tell anyone. And he abandoned me to be Santa Claus. Um, Does he even take him to the North Pole with him? No. That's fucked up. I mean, he does in the first one, but then I guess once he's not a kid anymore, he kind of just leaves him. Um, granted, in my defense, I haven't watched this movie since 2005, and I <laughs> okay. will not watch this movie again. <laughs> but, so what does Santa do? He's like, oh man, I gotta go take care of my kid. He creates a toy Santa, life-size toy replica with a brain, and uh, what did we learn in the first one? To become the real Santa, you have to kill Santa? So what does the toy Santa try and do? Of course he's going to try and kill Santa because he wants to become the real Santa. And then at the end, his kid, like, forgives him. And then he takes off again. And he's gone. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've only seen part of one of these movies, so this is a journey. They made two of these? Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, Kimmy. Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. There's the third one. Oh my god. Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. In this movie, Santa is called to a meeting of a council of all the legendary figures, Mother Nature, Father Time, the Easter Bunny, Cupid, and the Tooth Fairy, oh, and the Sandman, to concern the be- to talk about the behavior of Jack Frost, who is mad that he doesn't have a holiday. Um, though... As we learned in the first one, killing Santa Claus is a surefire way to become. <laughs> so they arrest they arrest Jack Frost before he can do that. Um, but turns out Jack Frost had a trick up his sleeve. He read a thing called the Escape Clause, where if Santa says, "I wish I'd never been Santa at all," he'll go back. The world will go back in time to when Santa became Santa, and things will change. So Tim Allen would not be Santa anymore if this happened. Um, which in the movie, of course, he spends the entire movie trying to make that not happen. But think, think for a minute. Tim Allen killed Santa Claus. And he was given the opportunity to go back in time and unkill Santa Claus. And he spends the entire movie trying to prevent that from happening. You, you can't tell me there wasn't one damn time in all those years where Santa, where Tim, where this character, Scott is his name, never mm-hmm. said, man, I wish I'd never been Santa at all because... Oh, sorry. He had to also be holding uh, snow from oh, the North Pole Oh, okay. Because I was like, is yeah. that it? Because we all know he said yeah. that at one point. Which, I mean, a whole bunch of other stuff happens in the movie, but that's my takeaway, is he had the opportunity to go back and not kill a man. <laughs> and he and was instead, like... Yeah, instead he fights Jack Frost for an entire movie. Um, so, that, like I said, that's not the point of the movie. I'm probably looking way too deep into that. But hey, that's Hot Takes with Ryan. Tim <laughs> Allen, please stop making Santa Claus movies. <laughs> This is my plea to you. <laughs> That's a lot of unnecessary. Oh, and here's murder. the movie poster. <laughs> For God. Oh my God. That's the kid that becomes it's a, a little Disney shit in the one? second one. Oh yeah, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, I forgot to change out the bottom part because I was just so livid about this whole thing. Um, but that's him. 
All right. Um, wow, that was well, a before, lot. That was yeah, a lot. I'm sorry. I got I, pretty heated. That that's a lot of unnecessary murder. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Why Everyone watches the these movies like, oh my god, I love Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Like, no, it is a movie about Tim Allen murdering Santa Claus having an opportunity to undo it and not doing it and then just becoming a deadbeat dad. That's it. That's is that Tim really Allen's how Santa it Claus. is? Does he not like feel joy with his son? He goes I through- mean like it's like every movie like it's always hinted at the end he like reconnects with his family. That's always like the overarching thing. But then the next movie it's always like square one. So I don't know what's happening in between the movies, but nothing good. Oh my gosh. I can't. Wow. Well, I'd be... Oh no. That's... Mm -hmm. That was a lot. Okay, well, let's... It was a lot. Let's... let's Tim Allen, I know you're listening, Tim Allen. (laughs) Stop making Santa Claus movies. Can we tweet him? Can we at him with this episode? Yes. Everyone... Tag Tim Allen in every social media and tell him to listen to the last 10 minutes of the Alluring Santa Claus podcast. Oh my gosh. Please. Oh, I, I can't. I almost started crying. That's fucking fantastic. Well, let's. All right. Let's get out of this Tim Allen, well, Tim let's, Allen nightmare. Let's get out of this and go into some more delightful announcements before we our alignment chart. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Today's the day you've listened to us talk about Coca-Cola, Santa, and Ryan's very strong opinions on Tim Allen and how correct I feel opinions. about correct opinions <laughs> <laughs> and how I feel about baby Jesus as a gift giver. But we know you're really here is for the major updates going on with our podcast. So before we dive into them. I just want to refer to why these changes are happening. For all those people that aren't too keen on change, they're good. So if you didn't know, Ryan and I both work full-time jobs. (laughs) And the podcast is very much a free-time passion project that we love to Mm -hmm. work on. Um, He works on video and editing. And I work on artwork and brand and everything else. We just figure out between each other. (laughs) Essentially, yeah, <laughs> a lot of it every week, folks. <laughs> a, a lot of it's like a panicked message at like twelve. Like, um, <laughs> was this supposed to be done today? And being like a, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> but that being said, we would love to make this a career and in the future. So this isn't just a passion project, but until that day, we will get to it because manifestation, right? We are going to make some changes to work with the little free time we do have every week to make the episodes better for you guys. So want to start us off with them, Ryan? All right. First and foremost, art prompts. Just kidding. No. So first major announcements. Um... (laughs) We are no longer doing art prompts. That's how um, I feel about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we love it. We that was what this show was started on. It helped a lot of people dealing with the pandemic. But as people have started to have go back to the real world, we aren't getting much participation in them. Even 
especially given the effort we put into them. Um, So that being said, if you have artwork and you want to show it to us, um, still send it to us. We absolutely want to see it. You can tag us in it online, any social media, TikTok us. We don't care. Um, (laughs) Mail it to us at our P.O. box, which is on our website. Uh, email it to us, alluring at gmail.com, or if you want to join the Discord, highly recommend it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you can talk with all your other Alluring fans. Um, all of those links are at alluring.com slash links, or just go to alluring.com. You can find it. It's nice and easy. I, I've made the website easy to walk mm-hmm. through. Easy peasy. That's- and if you're watching on YouTube, it'll also, all the links will also be... Um, underneath us not there. it's me then ryan and then links so when yeah, i do this yeah, under me not under kimmy yeah, double point all the, all the way down yeah. wait wait wait. maybe if i put my hands like this and then you put yeah there we go we got it wow Perfect. your hand where'd Perfect. it come from there look at that <laughs> <laughs> all right so the second one is the blog on the website is going to change to an episode guide so the time I'm spending on the blog is just time I no longer have. <laughs> but that's okay, because the episode guide is going to be just what we need moving forward. So it will be showing up on our web star- website starting in 2022, so stay tuned for that. So I won't be posting these last episodes as blog posts, but we will have our episode guide. It's going to have like... Uh, the illustration I draw for each episode along with a little bit about the topic and everything. So you can kind of just go through, you can see which ones are spooky, if you're in a spooky mood, which ones are more chipper, and it's all there for you. And folks, we're going live. We finally feel comfortable enough to be live in front of you guys. Um... Yeah, so because we aren't doing the blog, we still want yeah, we still want people to be able to watch us stumble through these uh, episodes and maybe to us like doing our research. Uh, we're going to be posting video episodes on YouTube for everyone. Um, that way you can see the images, the lowering alignment charts, our reactions, and anything else we talk about during the episode. Audio listeners, don't worry. Uh, there will still be audio. We're never going to stop having audio only. But, uh, you know, videos are great for everyone. You can come and sit around the campfire with us. And it gets better. If you are a patron, you're going to be able to watch our episodes live. Oh, that's right. Hell yeah. Uh, our patrons are going to have exclusive access to our live streams. So be able to watch us recording the episode that the public's going to see um so you get to see us raw um, <laughs> yeah so you you guys get the the rough joy of our little gringy fire cat fire yeah. show <laughs> so our, our first ever live stream will be january 5th at we're shooting for 8 p.m mountain time um this is tentative we'll let you know as the day gets closer um and then the following episodes will be aired the next wednesday just like our episodes are now um, you have up until like the minute before we go live to become a patron if you want to see it. So don't don't stress it. You know, get through the holidays. Sign up for Patreon in January. Um, but if you're already a Patreon, join our live streams. We'd love to have you there. 
please we would love that and we i will be posting an announcement when our streams will be going live on our specifically discord is the best place that discord instagram and those are like the two best place currently i'm trying to do more on twitter for you guys so those are the ones i'll always be posting announcements for so I would highly encourage you to get on Discord, <laughs> but that's so you can just be like, oh, she's going to do a live stream in 20 yeah. minutes. Let me hop yeah. on. Up so. to the minute updates in Discord. Minute updates. And you get to use little fun emojis. I have like the Pikachu one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, love it. But let's go talk about Patreon. So if you aren't on Patreon, like Ryan was saying, Feel free to check it out today at patreon.com slash Lori. First of all, we would love for you to join. We post behind the scenes content, monthly downloadables, monthly polls, bonus episodes, and so much more. Plus, you'll be helping support the show with your donations. The funding we have been getting from Patreon helps keep the show going. And honestly, we couldn't do it if it wasn't for the support we get from all of our Patreons. So thank you so much. Again... This is just Ryan and I on our little podcast ship in the sea. So your donations it's go a to small ship. Yeah, your donations go to us like using the bucket to take out the water from the ship, to mm. patch the holes, to add a nicer sail. So we appreciate all your support for it. So thank yeah. you. Um so the announcements aren't gonna stop. Um, oh, oh shit! <laughs> that's, I mean, that's today. That's all for today. Um, we have even more announcements in our next episode. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. The link will be on our website or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's. Um, alignment let's chart. Let's get on to that alluring alignment chart. You're in for a treat. Oh. What did you put? What? Oh wait, why I is two? There's okay. two. There. We've already established <laughs> there's a multiverse with the multiple Jesuses. Therefore, multiple Santas clearly also makes sense. Okay. The real Santa, great guy, lawful good. He's giving treats to people. Sure, he gives coal sometimes. But that's not bad. Tim Allen Santa, on the other hand, out here abandoning children, murdering people. It, it's he's no good. Lock him up. I can't. This is what I need to drink. This is when it's. I can't. Well, you know, I can't even disagree because he had the chance to undo death, and he would. Exactly. Nah. That all that tells me is okay. Let me let me bring it to perspective based off when the movie came out and how people viewed gender norms and all that stuff at the time, maybe the reason he didn't want to go back is because Mrs. Claus knew what she was doing. And that is my proposal. Because oh. he chose okay. time over saving a man. <laughs> and right. I feel that has been a very popular art. I mean, he spent the entire second movie trying to get Mrs. Claus. Even though he abandoned his wife and children in the first one. But, you know. 
Well, well, well. Yeah, no, I I stand with that. Tim Allen, Santa Claus, Chaotic Evil. Tim Allen, stop making Santa Claus. I know you haven't made one since 2006. (laughs) I'm watching you. He just like Santa just likes his hoe. He doesn't want to eat the ho ho hoes. Mm -hmm. He just wants the one, and that's why he won't go back. He's just greedy too. Like. (laughs) In the third one, Jack Frost was like, bro, I'll be Santa. Like, I got this. And he said, no. No. I'm Santa. No. Oh, my oh, gosh. Right. That's hilarious. No. Well, we well I agree with you on the Tim Allen thing, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. <laughs> we have another one. I don't know. I did put him a little less lawful because I yeah, feel I like he doesn't really have, like, a lot of laws he follows, if that makes sense. Like, when I consider yeah, lawful... I consider, like, St. Nicholas lawful, because he's very by the book for the church. Yeah, that's more what I was thinking when I put him, like, super lawful. I was thinking St. Nick more so than Santa Claus. Yeah, so we got, like, kind of three going. We got... Where would we put, um, baby Jesus, Santa? <laughs> um, good chaotic feels yeah. right to me, because yeah. <laughs> the judgment of sense. a child... Go on. <laughs> Especially if it's like a pandemic baby, because they're oh, like scared wow. of everyone. <laughs> Nightmare babies. <laughs> yeah. Oh All my right. Gosh. Wow. Okay. That's... Well, I know my takeaway. Yeah. Tim Allen. Stop. Tim Allen is chaotic evil. Yeah. And, and my t- <laughs> my takeaway is um, baby Jesus will judge you. So. All right. Tim Allen, Santa Claus is evil. Baby Jesus is judging you. <laughs> Thank you, it. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this holiday special. And we've had so much fun. So thanks for listening to Alori. Thanks for listening. This has been Alori. <laughs> or watching. Or watching. You have an alluring day. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legends you would like us to discuss, email us at Alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now. Witchcraft. The occult. Extremist beliefs. Murder. Tune in to Rogue Darkness each Friday and join host Raven as I uncover horrific crimes committed under the misconceptions and misunderstandings of witchcraft and other belief systems. I'll cover a wide range of crimes involving ritualistic killings and extremist beliefs to cult persuasion and supposed possession. Anything and everything that borders the line of horrifying. There's always three sides to a story. Side A, Side B, and then the truth. Let's uncover the truth together and explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Available wherever you get your podcast fix, simply by searching Rogue Darkness.
Flash.